The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. You all right, lads? Good, how are you? Are you well? Yeah, living the bloody dream, mate. Someone's there with a squeaky chair, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, all good. I'm very excited for this week, as, I think, as we're all aware, myself and Ali Fraser managed to bag tickets to the pre-season friendly in Austria. You're cheating on us. I know, right? 1860 München? I don't know, 1860 Munich, whoever the hell they are, in this weird little town called Salfelden, which is nowhere near anywhere <laughs> and is becoming a fucking logistical ball lake to try and organise. <laughs> Salfelden sounds like it should be just outside Manchester somewhere. Are you sure that ever ripped you up? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I wish it was outside fucking Manchester. <laughs> yeah, so flight costs are looking a little on the expensive side, but... Hopefully it's worth it just to go and see the boys play. Hopefully get some face-to-face time with the players as well if you go all that fucking way and pay all that fucking money. See Joe Linton or Bruno and his magic hat. Right, anyway, important question. Hodgie, I'm pretty sure I've done this one before, but what's your favourite takeaway? Oh, got to be... I'm going to go for a good old Ruby Murray. Ah. I've been getting into a, a bit of the hotter stuff as well recently, which is not good for my hiccup situation when I eat hot food. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's uh, been interesting. Now I was going to say, what's flavour de jour at the minute? Oh. What's, what's... Chicken corn, I heard. <laughs> I do like a Madras. Possibly a Madras or a Rogan Josh. Nice, mate. Bit of a lamb Rogan Josh? Tomato rich heavy. Yeah, lamb Rogan Josh straight up. Or prawns. Have some of that. Fuck. Always do this and always feel really hungry afterwards. Great. You've you've had enough time to be thinking about your answer. What's your favourite takeaway? All of them. Probably say, uh, yeah, curry as well. Two for Indian then. Fucking hell. Think about all the things you're missing, like Chinese, pizza, fish and chips, Thai. Are you going to go curry as well then? Since you're just Uh, fluffing it (laughs) out. Well, someone's got to fluff it out, for fuck's sake. No, do you know what? I'm probably more on the Chinese. If it was Indian versus Chinese, I'm probably more on the Chinese side. But I do love a Thai takeaway. A bit of pad Thai, spring rolls. A spice bag from uh, around the corner. Spice bag. That place is closed down now. Oh, is it? Yeah, good, man. Spice bag just sounds like the most dodgy fucking deal. And like, oh, I'm just going to go to the Chinese to get a spice bag. The police are going to be following you. Actually, that's why Happy Chip got shut down. 
Yeah, <laughs> at least it's not a bag of spice. As you yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough on takeaways. Yes, we're back again. I think two weeks since our last recording. We're trying to get into a bit of a flow. Hopefully that helps our numbers. Yeah, a little bit has gone on. I mean, our last recording was quite transfer heavy. We'd obviously announced Nick Pope through the door. We were 95% of the way there with Sven Botman. Very pleased to be able to say that we've got man. We... Got it? Great? That's shocking, that is. <laughs> oh, fucking brutal. Yeah, well, we've got Sven Botman over the line, our new number four. Absolute monster of a man, 22 years old, six foot five. Very much looking forward to seeing him tear up the Premier League this year. But quite light, really, on transfer news since then. Obviously, the, the standard rumour mill has been going absolutely mad. The papers throwing out every single name under the sun. I think we'll go into that in a little more detail. But one confirmed transfer is for the development team. The development squad, it's Charlie MacArthur, who is a 17-year-old centre-half that we've signed from Kilmarnock in Scotland. I mean, no one knows anything about him. Hopefully he's good. He's been touted as a wonder kid, as every single seemingly young player that comes to Newcastle is. Don't know if we have any thoughts, lads, but is it a good sign for the youth team, Hodge? Yeah, I think so. He's a Scotland under-18 captain, so obviously he's got a bit of head on his shoulders there. It beat Man City to him, Liverpool to him, West Ham as well, so being close to the Scottish border probably helps if he wants to be close to home as well. It's just good to see some news about youth players come in. We've not really had that much over the however many years. I'm quite excited to see what comes in in terms of talent and what gets produced. It's showing that Dan Ashworth's really getting his hands dirty and getting stuck in, rolling his sleeves up. I mean, I think since he's come in, you can see, I think, Charlie MacArthur, along with, I think, eight other players have signed up for the youth team next year, have been given their first contracts or whatever that news was earlier in the week. But it sits under his remit, doesn't it? So he's, as sporting director, it's like the youth team, signings, loans, women's team, and I think it was sports science or something like that. Something to do with uh, the players' health and development. I don't know, I can't remember. As well as that, They've obviously just announced a new women's team, so a development team for NUFC women, which is a a really strong step in the right direction. Amanda Stavely, obviously a big advocate of women's football. We've got the women's Euros at the minute. Um, So that's a nice bit of positive news. And it all just seems to be going quite nicely at the minute. Lots of talk at the minute of a new training ground. Planning's been approved, haven't they? Yeah, it's a it's really positive. Gray, I'll, I'll bring you in on this one, but I think as a stopgap, it looks like there's work being done on the current training ground to bring that up to speed and up to scratch with the other Premier League teams. But it's looking like we're going to be moving to a new training complex. Let's hope it's something similar to, to Leicester's complex. Yeah, I think all the big clubs in the Premier League and around the world now seem to have these huge complexes, which just seem to churn out players. You look at what Man City implemented, they've just got, yeah, a huge area of ground full of football pitches and they've probably got thousands of kids there playing day in, day out. So uh, I think it'd be quite exciting for not only the club, but for, for the city in general, for a city which is kind of football crazy. And just even the surrounding area, you've got a lot of big clubs, well, I say big clubs, smaller more diminished clubs like Sunderland and Middlesbrough now as drive. So we should be attracting more talent, hopefully. You see some of the, don't like to big them up, but some of the Sunderland graduates being uh, Jordan Pickford and Henderson doing bits for England and playing, well, you look at Henderson winning the Premier League, Champions League with Liverpool. and going on to do amazing things. It's about time that some of them start their careers at Newcastle instead of the scum. Mac and Bastards. Hodgie, do you have something to add there? Yeah, I just think it's quite funny how uh, we've gone from what seems zero 
to a hundred in in a short space of time. And I think everyone at the club's been like, so I wouldn't say lax over the years because that's not. They're probably obviously good professionals and they do work, but the things behind the scene that are taken over quite quickly. I think everyone's going to have to really step up and be like, holy shit, we've got like deadlines to meet now, rather than just having the club just survive over the past years. It's going to be like Ray says, really exciting to see what what's to come. I think a lot of that comes with having a surplus of cash, though. I think we weren't having that revenue. St- well, not so much a revenue stream, but actually just a the cash input into the club in order to achieve projects like this. I know mm-hmm. Mike Ashley submitted plans to to redevelop the Benton training grounds. Was it seven, eight years ago to turn it into one of the, the best training complexes in the not only the country but the world? And you just didn't follow through with investment. So actually it's quite nice to have some owners who are willing to invest in it. You just look at what they've done to St. James's, they've given the entire place a good clean, lick of paint. And actually it'd be quite exciting to go to the first game of the season and see just the small improvements we need, that needed to be done instead of it being a, a hollow shell of breeze brick, actually giving it some, I say colour, but painting it black and white. <laughs> and it gives everything a positive feel, doesn't it? It's a certainly a huge improvement on ice baths and wheelie bins. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see how that progresses. Yeah, it'd be good to see that. You've been getting little like hints and, and little sneaky pictures of improvements inside the ground, as you say. So, yeah, it's very simple things. I know these things cost money, but they're very simple things to, to actually action that make such a huge difference. So, yeah, I mean... In other kind of club news, I think we were talking about it just before it came on, uh, Derek Wright, who's our long-serving head of physio, has retired after 38 years with the club, which is unbelievable. It's more than our lifetime, that's scary, isn't it? It is, it is. I didn't even think of it like that. What the fuck? <laughs> At one club. Imagine all the sh- yeah, I was saying, imagine all the shit he's seen, all the stuff he's seen and all he's witnessed. I think, I was just looking there, he's served under 32 managers or interim managers, which is just unbelievable. Whoa, that's mad. It is, That's it? absolutely crazy. Derek, if you're listening, give us a call. We uh, need to speak to you. <laughs> you you certainly need to speak to a physio, don't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah. need a physio, Hodge. For this podcast and also my horrific legs. Uh, well, yes, all the best to Derek Wright. That's obviously a huge achievement, and I hope he gets a, a nice big send-off from the club. That's that's it on transfer stuff. I mean, not much has really happened. I mean, I think what's probably important to talk about is what we do with the remainder of the transfer market. There's still gaps within that squad. There's still gaps on that team sheet that I think we've identified. So there's been talk in the papers, as we say, but who we think would be realistic options for where we still need to strengthen. I think the one position that is glaringly obvious is that right-hand side. So right-sided forward or or right winger is a big gap. We've got Ryan Fraser that obviously plays very well when he's fit, that being the operative word, when he's fit. We need more squad depth or, or depth in that position. There's been lots of names flying around. The one I'm just looking at right now, so it's a good start, is Marco Asensio from Real Madrid. I think Hodgie was saying his contract comes to an end next year. So they're looking to get rid of him or cash in on him, I should say, because I don't think he's willing to sign another contract. How would we feel about Marco Asensio, Hodgie? I think it would be a quality, quality signing for us. He's been at probably the top club in, in Europe, if you look at kind of Champions Leagues and, and how they've performed over the last, well, since 2014, since he's joined, basically. He hasn't played loads and loads of games, but it's more than him just getting game time. It's his experience around good players and how a good club operates in terms of training and stuff like that. So I think he would just be a really good addition to the club in, in terms of not only depth, but his intelligence, his football intelligence. Hopefully he can really help people come through. He's that right attack 
attacking winger, like you said, he's got good pace. He's very skillful. Doesn't really make many mistakes as you would expect playing for someone like Real Madrid. So I think it would be an absolute fantastic signing. I've heard 22 million is what it's going to be if we can get him for that price. I think it's an absolute steal. He probably wants some big wages, but like we kind of say at the minute, we've got the cash to afford to kind of do that as well. So fingers crossed. I think it'd be a great signing to get over the line. Likewise, I think he'd be a big marquee signing as well for not necessarily a marquee price point. Gray, another name that's been talked about quite a bit on Sky Sports this week is Anthony Gordon from Everton. It sounds like we have made very tentative inquiries, but nothing really too concrete and we've been well and truly warned away. So Everton, very unwilling to sign Anthony Gordon. Young English talent, had a few games in the Prem last season. I mean, is Anthony Gordon the the silver bullet is the answer to our questions? I certainly wouldn't say he's a silver bullet. I'd say he's he's a good prospect to to come through the ranks and complement the squad, but... I wouldn't say he's going to come in and make a huge difference straight away. I mean, it goes back to the days we're signing some good players from average clubs last season. Like, look at Everton's record last season. They weren't very good. They looked to stay in the league. <laughs> they, they were the worst team I saw play at St. James's last year by a long, long way. Thank you, Rafa. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's just, well, like, under Lampard. I think Lampard, it was Lampard's first game, wasn't no, it? It was, wasn't it? Like yeah. That. He signed some good players from Norwich when they went down. Well, so some supposedly good players from Norwich when they went down and they've not really come to fruition. Look at uh, Lewis being one of them who, similar age to Gordon. And I'm not going to say that Gordon's going to be a flop. I'm not saying Lewis is a flop. He's just, he had a nasty injury and never really got a run of, a run of games and lost his confidence. But I'd say we've got a lot of players similar to Gordon in like your Frasers, your, your Almirons, who he'll do a job. Like I said, Fraser on his day is a, is a world-class player, but I think we need, we almost need Almost a bit of, old. World-class. He is very good on his day. I'm not saying that day is very regular, but he's uh, on his day, <laughs> he's very good. But I just think we need a bit of quality in that position and just adding quality to, to these positions will bring more out of the players we've currently got and I think that's what we're missing. Yeah, I think I was maybe a bit unfair when I said he played a few games last season. In total, he played 40 games for Everton last season and scored four <laughs> goals. So I got that one a little bit wrong. But 21 years old, English, he's going to come at a very big price. I think like 35 million has been initially touted, which is just unbelievable, man. Like how English players can cost so much money. You see, this is why it's so important to develop your own talent because then you don't have to fucking pay 35 million quid to get someone who's relatively unknown. Hodge, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Gordon? Do they want to swap him for Matty Longstaff? Uh, swap anyone for Matty. <laughs> well, we'd, we'd probably still have to give Everton the 30 million quid on top yeah, of probably, Matty Longstaff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know about him. Like he's, he's a quick, direct, young lad. But what I've seen from him is like, it's not really set anything alight, if that makes sense. Like it, it's just been quite flat from him last year, I think, and he was quite okay with performances. He's a bit of a whinger, a bit of a moaner. I just don't, I don't see. If, well, he is a scouser. Uh, yeah, true. I just don't see a fit with him really. Um, the powers that be at the club obviously think there might be something there. But away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, eighteen plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. 
That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I think it's been more of just a, a complete rumour thrown in there rather than a, anything direct. Like we say, nothing has really been said by either club. It's pretty much like, oh, there's been some interest in Newcastle. Like, is there? And Everton, like, is there? Oh, well, don't even think about it. That's kind of how it's gone at the minute. So I will see, we'll see what happens. I just don't think he's going to be too much of what, what we want or what we need right now. feels like there is flesh on the bones, but... Yeah, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because that price pool, you know, we've learned now that we're not willing to pay over the odds, but we are willing to wait out to get our man at the right price, i.e. Sven Botman. Yeah, I think we're proven to the rest of the world and the other clubs around that we're we're not going to be taken to the cleaners for players. Another name that I'd put in there for like kind of that this position though is that Hudson Odoi from Chelsea. I would say he's a better option than Gordon because he's more proven in what he can do, if that makes sense. Would you, agree? you know how much he's, he's on a week? No, how much? I think he's on like 200 grand a week. Oh, pretty sure. hell, is he? Holy shit. Yeah, because there was that, he, um, he had to sign that new contract. There was all that talk of him leaving and going to Bayern Munich, and he got that massive contract. My old housemate, Aaron, was a um, was a Chelsea fan, so knew, knew a bit about that. I'm pretty sure it's around that figure. That's mental, man. Yeah, so I think that one's an immediate no, unless he's willing to take a over 50% fucking pay cut, which... Again, I don't think he is. He can just sit on the fucking bench at Chelsea, as far as I'm aware. Played 15 games in the league last year. He's probably happy with that. He's only 21. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. He could fucking retire tomorrow and just be set for life, couldn't he? It was like it's you madness. said, Raheem Sterling's only 27. Like He's been around football for at least 20 years, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that blew my mind, actually. Uh, that, I wonder whether Raheem Sterling coming in pushes Hudson-Odoi out, actually. Mm. Interesting business. There's quite a few interesting signings going on in there in this window. It's an interesting one to watch. Another name that isn't going away is Musa Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen. We obviously covered him in the Who Would Like to Bring In episode a few weeks ago. Do we think the price is going to be prohibitive on that one, Gray? Do you think we've got enough money left in the pot for this transfer market to make that one happen? Or do we think that's just going to be a, a rumour and never materialise? It's, it's tough to say because these sorts of rumours which kind of move either relatively quickly under the radar and the next thing we know it's happening or it's just one of those yet another big name we've been linked with. So it's, it's really tough to tell, but I think it would be a world-class signing and he'll take the team to the next level. Do we, like you say, do we have the money? Are we willing to pay a premium at the minute? I'm, I'm not necessarily sure we are. I think we've still got a bit of consolidation to do, review what we've currently got on this side. And then who knows, possibly in January, special cash to, to bring in a, a big signing. A Leverkusen won 60 mil, isn't it? Big money. Big, big money. Yeah, really big money. But by all intents and purposes, it looks like he could be well worth that money. I think he's just turned 23. Bags goals in a good league and in Europa League. And he's the missing link for me, I think. And the marquee signing, I think all the Newcastle fans will be calling out for this summer. Mm -hmm. I worry that if we don't sort it out now, we'll go somewhere else and we'll be ruining missed chances. Gray, you touched on a a good point there. We probably have to consolidate our squad now. We've made our big signings. So I reckon Trippier will be captain next season. We've got that leadership position. We've got Big Dan Byrne, Nick Pope. We've got Sven Botman. Really, really good signings that take us to that next level. It's now a time for Dan Ashworth to get to work clearing the decks. So Gray, in your mind, who are the names out the door? Who are going to be the next names that we need to get rid of? 
there's the clear and obvious candidates of your, your Clarks, your Hendricks, mentioned before Matty Longstaff, Dwight Gale as well. I think it's time that he, he goes and plays regularly, potentially for a championship. There's probably five or six players we could we could rattle off to say cheers for coming. But it's I think it's time to see some some action and actually hopefully get some of these players out the door sooner rather than later because we, we need that squad settled before day one of the season comes. And it sounds like we're quite close for, is it Clark, Gale and Hendrick? Hendrick, yeah. I think Hodge, I don't know if you want to... I mean, it sounds like we do have some, some good leads and they could soon be on their way out. I don't know if you want to talk about where they might be going. Yeah, so um, Jeff Hendrick, uh, apparently Reading are quite interested in signing him. I think in the case of like these kind of three players of Dwight Gale, Kieran Clark and Hendrick, I would accept any amount of money, even a packet of sweets, a fucking Kit Kat, something just to get them off the books and free up some wage space really more than anything else. Because realistically, we're not really going to get that much for them anyway. So I don't think you could compile them and be like, oh, get him, we can now buy X player for, for 30, 35, 40 million off these guys. Like That's definitely not going to happen. So anything to get rid of them. But Hendrick to Reading, apparently Watford and Birmingham are interested in taking Dwight Gale, which obviously playing in the championship, he'll probably score about 50 goals and then come back up to the Premier League next season because he's one of those players and then Kieran Clark, uh, Stoke and Borough are both touting for kind of his name I thought Sheffield United were in for and Clark as well Yes, uh, Sheffield United came in uh, yesterday evening I think saying that they're interested but it's funny that they've got like three teams are vying for a player that we've kind of slated recently his downfall since <laughs> that red card against Norwich. It's interesting to see how these teams are wanting to fight or, well there's a couple of teams fighting over these kind of positions. It's, it's quite interesting to see rather than turn into a younger kind of more local talent probably not going to end up getting massive fees as you say I think they're more than likely probably going to be loans or free transfers we'll just mm-hmm. cut their contracts that can move on or whatever but it's I guess it's getting those wages off the bill mm-hmm. so it looks like their futures are pretty sorted so Hendrick Gale and Clark obviously Isaac Hayden's already gone out I think Dan Langley uh, young goalkeeper's gone out to Gateshead. Then who's left? I mean, that probably leaves us in a pretty decent space. I don't think there's really anyone else. If I revert back to our keep, loan and sell list, I don't know who else was on that list, who we need to get rid of. Probably never sends back to go, because I think we've got quite a few players. Oh, Jamal Lascelles. Or, or Fernandez would be one of the two. I think Fernandez will probably stay. You'll get more of interest. You probably drum up more interest in business in Lascelles. Sounds like he could be in line for a dream return to his boyhood club. Not Forest, which actually seems like a pretty good fit. So let's yeah keep an eye on that one. But it doesn't think there's really been anything too solid there. Another one that's a bit frustrating to read, but it's bound to happen. Obviously, we've brought Nick Pope in recently. There's some rumblings and grumblings around Martin Dubravka and whether he sees his future at Newcastle United. I mean, it's bound to happen when you bring in another senior goalkeeper. I mean, Gray, do you think it's one to believe, or do you think Dubs is actually quite happy with the added competition and he sees the benefit and, and what we're doing? Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. I think if you're a clear number one goalkeeper for the last two or three seasons, which he has been, it must be tough to know that you were bringing in a, an England international to to push you for that number one jersey. And I think some players will, will thrive on that challenge to earn that number one jersey, while I think others may not have that fight in them. But also, you can't help but feel a lot of it might be agent talk trying to almost unsettle their player to try and drum up some business for themselves and it's the one part of football I I hate is agents profiteering from just meddling in their players almost welfare and 
club business, which they should just leave players to make their own decision. And the feeling I get here, I think I think Dubravka's earned the right to, to start the season at least with the number one jersey. And it's up to Pope to take it off him in training and in cup matches and anywhere he can. But yeah, it, it would be a shame to see him leave so soon. I think he needs to, hopefully he's got some fight in him and it's not the first scenario I talked about. Yeah, just a quick one on that, Hodge, before I bring you in. Who's number one for you at the start of next season? Is it Pope or Dubravka? Um, I, I don't think Howe is the type of manager to be like, you've played in goal and you've been number one and you did good last season. I think he's going to be very much, OK, fresh season, let's see what who turns up in training. Apparently, Nick Pope had a, a bit of a, a penalty shootout competition yesterday in training and Nick Pope said 10 of 10 penalties. Does that show that we're just really bad at taking penalties? <laughs> Pro- really well, it's, it's one of two things. It's either really good goalkeeper and absolutely shocking uh, penalty taking. But he's someone that just doesn't look at last year's form. We've had a big break over summer. He's just going to come in straight and be looking at it. And I think Pope will probably pip. Dubravka. On that, just quickly, Gray, we did a Twitter poll when we announced the last podcast and said, who do you think should start in goal for Newcastle United next season? We had 115 votes in total. 82% went for Pope over Dubravka, which is interesting. I personally think it'll be Pope. It's hard to disagree with you both, but I kind of feel we need, as, as much as you say, Eddie Howell will judge players on their merit and things like that, you, you do need an element of consistency. I know we're bringing in a lot of players and things like that, but to have some consistency of players playing with each other and knowing the ropes, I think, does help just settle into a season. But I might be an old-school way of thinking there. We'll see who has the better pre-season, I guess. Cool. Right. I think that pretty much rounds it up then. Two votes for Pope, one for Dubravka. We'll see what happens. But nice, short, snappy one this week. Again, no major updates, but enough for us to get a podcast out and keep things moving along. Hopefully next time we'll record, we'll have a few pre-season results to talk about. And hopefully we'll be lauding the signing of Musa Diaby. We can hope and pray. You can tell us about uh, your trip to Austria. Well, if I ever make it, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's the important thing. But yes, that, that just about rounds us up. Hopefully have a bit more to talk about next time. Before we go... I'm supposed to do this at the beginning, but we all forgot. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, so Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. You can follow us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. And on Instagram, was it Hodge, at TOTT underscore podcast? Correct. I'm getting there. Um, So yes, we'd really appreciate if you could give us a follow. And if you're feeling super generous, a five-star review or rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would be class. Thanks very much. Uh, So yes, thank you very much for listening. And we will see you in the next one. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, driver. (laughs) Thanks, driver. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.